0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $10 and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy, Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. And don't forget to download the SGPN app. You're home for all our free picks and podcasts. Yes, sir. Welcome, welcome in to the NBA Gambling Podcast. I'm your host, Terrell Furman Jr. Moonoff is out today. He is frolicking somewhere, doing either doing work or hardly working, one or the other. So guess what? It's not Thursday, but you've been blessed. It is me, and it is my main man and Spryshell here on the podcast. And Scott, I promised moon off that we wouldn't take two hours today. We got to hold up that end of the deal. So we got to
1: hold off on our rants. Well, it's going to be easy for us to do because since we have more games, instead of two hours, it's going to be four hours. So, you know, you're, you gotta, you're <laughs> thinking about it from the shortening aspect. I'm talking about making it longer. No, but in in reality, we're going to definitely try to cut it off at around, I'd say 90 minutes, maybe a little bit longer. But we know it's been a little bit long in weeks past. We'll do better on that moving forward. It's really hard for
0: me not to rant because guess what? The Knicks, the Celtics, and the Trailblazers all play today. <laughs> it's like that's that's begging me. You're literally begging me to just go off on a tangent at some point. And so I'm gonna try to check myself and make sure that I don't do it again. However, we had a it feels like a long weekend because NFL Sunday just felt like forever. Mm -hmm. Those were possibly... This has possibly been one of the best NFL postseasons I've seen. Just entirety, as an entirely. It feels like every single game has been close.
1: It really has. It feels like every game comes down to a field goal at the end. Uh, We can talk about the two games quickly. Because I'm sure, even though this is an NBA gambling podcast, most people were more focused on the NFL over the weekend. Especially if you were gambling. As a whole, I thought that the Niners game went the way that I thought it was going to, where the Rams are the more talented team. I thought the Niners would win, but the Niners did cover and the game went under, so that part did not surprise me. I also had Stafford to throw a pick, and he threw a pick in the first quarter, which was nice for me. Then you had the Chiefs-Bengals game, whatever that was, because I know that I'm not comparing it to the Atlanta 28-3 choke job, It's one of the worst. I was gonna say it's one of the worst playoff chokes I've seen, probably ever. I I do acknowledge that the Atlanta one's worse. Probably the Houston Oilers blown lead against the uh, the Bills is probably worse. But an 18 point blown lead at home, with second and goal at the two yard line, with one of the best offenses in the history of the sport, that's embarrassing. I don't really know what else Mm -hmm. you can add there. You you have anything you want to add there?
0: No, man. No, you can't have that. You can't have that offense. You can't have Patrick Mahomes. You can't have those guys and that coaching staff and nerf up that game like that. I, you know, the games are pretty early over here. So I went to sleep. I was like, this is in the bag. I went to sleep and woke up to Evan McPherson hitting a game winning kick. And like, what the fuck just happened? And when I saw the game over, cause they replay the games over for us during the daytime when we're actually working I'm like Jesus Christ. This is terrible. You can't go nine for twenty. I think it was even. It might have been worse than nine for twenty. But you can't. You can't do that. Fifty-five yards and two picks in the second half. You can't. Patrick Holmes cannot let that happen. That coaching staff cannot let that happen. So, you know, back in the lab for those guys, and we'll see them next season. We got Bengals and Rams in two weeks, and. The Super Bowl bets are coming in. They are going to, I'm waiting to see the line on if that first kick is going to be a touchback or not because it's, always, it's never a touchback. So I'm waiting to see what that, if that line opens up plus money like it did last year.
1: All I know is that the Bengals right now are about plus four. I'm definitely tempted by that. I feel like uh-huh. the Rams should be closer if I had to make my own one. I'd probably put them closer to two and a half or three. I think four uh-huh. sounds a bit much to me. So I do think the Bengals have some value right now. But the main takeaway that I had, I know you mentioned Mahomes' passing numbers in the second half. You put up 83 total yards in the second half of a home playoff game? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Including overtime? 83 it's ridiculous. total yards?
0: Really? That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I,
1: I don't really have much more to add. I, I just think that it's an all-time choke job. And I know that people might think it's an overreaction, it's not. Just think of all of the variables involving how good this Chiefs offense is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how, besides the one field goal drive, which involved, of course, them trailing at the time and then stalling out at the five-yard line because Mahomes took two sacks and lost about 30 yards. Besides that drive... They basically had like one first down for about a quarter and a half. They really just didn't do anything. It was a phenomenal defensive job by Cincinnati. But when you have Mahomes, who's being labeled as one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all time, potentially. I call him the GOAT. I call him the GOAT. That's fair, because on talent, you can make that argument. But this is going to be a game that's on his resume or his legacy for worse. For a long time, because I'm not sure how you can shake this one. This is an all-timer. So, last thing before we get
0: into actual NBA on the NBA podcast, but I was happy with the end of, the, of how the game ended in overtime because now, a week later, after everybody is shitting and, like, you got to give the other team another shot, you got to give the other team a shot, da da No, they just proved if you play defense, you will win in overtime. Overtime is not always about just offense. If you play defense, you will win in overtime. So I still think hopefully everybody yeah. stops whining whining about, you know, adding, making sure that both teams get a chance to possess the ball because the Bengals showed that, hey, we're going to take it. If we don't win the toss, we're going to take it.
1: I still think that personally we're going to disagree here. I think that you should have both teams get possession just because I understand that if you play good defense, you'll get the ball back. There is still an extreme amount of power that the coin toss possesses because having the ball first in overtime is a significant advantage. And I do think that the logic behind the coin toss, at least in the beginning of the game, makes sense because both teams have possession. The point is one team gets possession first in the first half, and the other team gets possession first in the second half. So I do think it's a little bit unfair to make the coin toss so powerful when it comes Uh to a dead heat game after 60 minutes. That's my counterpoint. I get that if you play good defense, you know, you get the ball back anyway, but I do feel like there is too much power right now Mm -hmm. based on a coin, which I'm not a big fan of. That's my counter argument.
0: I get that. I get that. All right, moving on to the NBA side of the slate that happened over the weekend on Friday. Me and Moon off had a show. I cashed my lock of the Hawks minus two against the lowly Boston Celtics. That was easy. Didn't even sweat that. Not a wink. And then we get the I had the Minnesota Timberwolves again. That was back to back dogs on on the back to back, but they were just they just had too many points. It was just too many points. And you guys know I'm tempted by a very juicy money line, so. It was way too many points for the Timberwolves. They ended up not even covering that game. Maybe, uh, it was like nine and a half, and they came in as, at ten at the end of it. So unfortunate for that, but it's all good. Moon off, going to get on Moon off a little bit. He did not cash his lock of the over one twelve in the Pelicans and Nuggets game, which I think is you mean two twelve? But no, 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 the first half. First half. Oh, over. sorry. Okay, cool. Yeah, first half over. He missed that. And then he missed the Detroit Pistons, who were kind of in that game a little bit. It felt like the Pistons could come out with the win. But Orlando magic, just getting it done right now. He was a game another. early
1: because the Pistons ended up yeah. beating the Cavaliers yesterday. Yeah, so just a game
0: early. And then uh, Mad- Orlando Magic, don't look now, won two games in a row. Over the weekend, not really too much significant. I'm pretty sure everybody's paying attention to football. Basically, my takeaway from the weekend is Anthony Davis still ducks center smoke. That's all. That's all he did in that game against the Hawks. He ducked the center smoke, and they got the Hawks got literally anything they wanted in the paint, anything and everything they wanted in the paint because Anthony Davis was outside guarding Trey Young the entire game.
1: I mean, the takeaway that you have to have there is that AD. We know how good he is defensively, or how good he's supposed to be defensively. LeBron being out, I know LeBron's supposed to be a good defender. He hasn't tried the regular season defensively in years, so I don't. I think that AD coming back is a bigger impact to the defense. You give up 129. You give up 38 points in the fourth quarter. It was ridiculous. It, there's no reason they
0: should have lost that game. There's no reason they shouldn't have covered that game. They didn't even yeah. get the cover. They lost the cover by a half on the hook. Yeah. So it's absolute, that's absolutely ridiculous. And it just shows you that you have – it's so hard to – when everything even aligns for the Lakers, it's so hard to back them. I know I, it, wasn't even, it wasn't good that LeBron wasn't playing in that game, but they were catching seven points yeah. on the road against the Hawks, and AD was playing, and AD had – and Malik Monk gave 30, 30 and 10. Malik yeah. Monk had 30 and 10, and they, they didn't get come. 33,
1: actually, but same point. Yes. Yeah.
0: So it's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And then – so that's the recap. Oh, and we had a three-overtime game between the Raptors and the Heat. That was a that, hell of a game, by the way. Yo. Absolutely a candidate for game of the year. Absolutely a candidate for game of the year. And that's going to have some ramifications coming into the slate today. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Scott, you got anything else for the weekend?
1: Uh, Not really. I think the other takeaway that I'll have, which is an obvious takeaway. Well, there's actually two. There's an obvious takeaway and one that people kind of didn't notice because it just so happened to happen yesterday. And people are focused so much on the NFL the Phoenix Suns are so good, man, especially in the fourth quarter of games. That's, that's the obvious takeaway that I've mentioned before on this podcast. But mm-hmm. fourth quarter Chris Paul is, as far as I'm concerned, a top three player in the league. I, I just don't know how many other players you'd want in the fourth quarter of games. His teams always do well in clutch time every single time. It's just the same story, different year, and you outscore the Spurs. I know the Spurs aren't good. But he outscored them 36-19 to 19 in the fourth. Chris Paul goes for 20-19-8. It's just insane how good he is and how he's having this Brady-like longevity where it feels like he's gotten somehow even better as he's gotten yep. older, which doesn't make any sense. But him and Booker have been great. Bridges with 26 yesterday. Biombo's been really good. I think that's the sleeper part. They won 10 in a row, and Aiton hasn't played the majority of this stretch. This team is just nuts. I think that they are going to end up winning 65 games, I, potentially more. This team is just so good night in, night out, and that's the obvious takeaway. The one that got swept under the radar, kind of my disappointing, uh, I don't want to say rant, but just discussion. What the hell is Milwaukee doing? Hey. Because we got to bring on, it up. I, I was on Denver. I, I get that you – I know. You're on Denver, and, you know, congrats to that, but – I mean, 36 yeah. points at home. I mean, we we got to at least mention it. I feel like nobody has brought it up, but if that would happen to the Warriors or to some other team, it would be all over ESPN, and people will be talking about how Curry was awful or how the team had a terrible game. And yet Giannis, I know he won a title, and I know that he is one of the favorites to an MVP. But i got to try to treat it the same, or at least be mm-hmm. consistent, this is an embarrassing loss that should be all over NBA TV and mm-hmm. it just hasn't been. You can't lose by 36 at home to Denver. Like that just can't happen.
0: Yeah. That was a terrible loss. Terrible loss. I didn't expect it to be I thought Denver was going to be close. I thought it was a, a tab bit too many points for Milwaukee at home just seeing their track record, but absolutely terrible, brutal loss for them. I did not expect it to go that course. And then crazy thing is, I played so I played uh, Jokic triple double and a win for plus 800. Okay. just man finished with nine
1: rebounds. I know. I, I, I triple double last week against the Pistons in the second game. And I believe he had 25, 19, and eight after three quarters. And he finished with a nine assists. This is ridiculous. And.
0: I was also on DeMar DeRozan yesterday and he came up the game early because they were spanking Portland mm-hmm. really bad as they but should. This sucks. This sucks. Like that sucks when that's the reason you lose a prop. And that's why I, it was so hard to bet 76ers, uh, Joel Embiid, it was so hard to get yeah. Joel Embiid props for me because I'm like, oh, well, they should blow them out, and then Joel Embiid's going to sit, and he's not going to get the rest of his props. But, however, the 76ers just find themselves down at half every single game.
1: Yeah, that's really <laughs> what I discovered with Philly, is that if you want to take some first-half plays against them, you can. But even against Absolutely. bad teams, they're the garbage, getting
0: killed at half.
1: <laughs> garbage time does not exist because they're no. railing at halftime. So they have to play up the whole time. That's
0: yeah. ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. All right. Let's talk about WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Louisiana. We are bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet is now beginning pre. Well, no, they're not beginning pre-registration for the state of Louisiana because they're alive in Louisiana. Louisiana is live. You can place a $10 bet, regardless of the outcome, and receive $250 in free bets when WinBet goes live in Louisiana. All the other new customers have a chance to win $200 in free bets with the same $10 bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need to win. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com. That's WYNNBet.com. And there are also never, never, ever, ever, ever enough things to gamble on. And one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is that now there's a new way to play ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. And I promise you, I don't know nothing about it, nothing at all. But I'm going out there, and I don't even remember what the famous guy that got all the horses that be uh, super drugged up or whatever, but I'm better than him. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard and you can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Like me. Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select and build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with with free games weekly and tracks all over the United States. Get in on the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. Download now this at stableduel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. All right, let's get into this slate. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, eight games on this slate, and they're pretty good. So few, so few games I'm really, really interested in. Let's kick it off with Edie Meenie, Monty Moe, catch the Tiger by the toe. The Memphis Grizzlies traveling to Philadelphia to play the Philadelphia 76ers. The line is currently at 2.5, total at 218.5. Let's look at the injury report for this game. And we have Memphis Tyus Jones is out. COVID protocols for Monday. And then Dylan Brooks is still out with that sprained left ankle.
1: Philly might be missing Corkmas, but I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I believe. Yep. So
0: questionable. Corkmus is questionable. Shake Milton is out for the Grizzlies with that back issue. And Ben Simmons is still on the team and not playing and not traded because Daryl Morey just wants the sun, moon, stars, gods, and everything else in between for him. So, Scott, minus two and a half. Four 76ers at home. This line actually dropped a little bit. What, where, are you, where are you
1: at? Oh, I know it dropped. I got Memphis on the overnight at plus four. So I was, I was happy to wake up and see, <laughs> I'd see plus two and a half. But uh, this is going to be my dog for the end of the show. Just spoil uh-huh. word because I have to like Memphis. Memphis is such a good basketball team. And Philly, we talked about how this team has played better lately. Now they're in first place in the division, which both of us had by year's end because we think they'll eventually open up a bigger lead on Brooklyn. But you look at the current winning streak or how they've performed, they've won games against bad teams. However, they haven't looked good against bad teams, and I feel like you need to make that distinction because they are constantly playing from behind, especially at halftime, and they have to make it up in the second half against weaker teams. And I know that Embiid is basically unstoppable, but I do Mm -hmm. think that the Grizzlies have enough big men that can at least make Embiid work for 30-plus points, because Adams, we know, is a very physical guy who should not really get, I'd say, bodied by Embiid. Embiid might still use his quickness and shoot from the outside and do well, but I do think Adams can at least wear him down physically, and Jaron Jackson is one of the most underrated rim protectors in the league. So I do really like Memphis's uh, rim protection and just the size that they have in this game. And we're talking about how you know nobody can guard Embiid, who can guard Ja Morant? Because you're looking at Philly's lineup. Who do they have that can guard him? You're gonna throw Maxi on him and just hope it works out? Because I just see Ja potentially dropping 30 in this game. But the main reason is that Philly, despite being a uh, 13 and 10 team straight up at home, they're on only nine and fourteen ATS at Wells Fargo. So I'm gonna go with Memphis because this team is cooking and it feels like they're still being disrespected in the marketplace. Give me John Memphis getting points. That seems like a really good deal to me. So,
0: my thing with this, I'm going to be on Memphis too. My thing with this is the Grizzlies are the number one team over the past five games and points in the paint. Yeah. And Joel Embiid has effectively given up any attempts on defense because he has to focus on offense so much.
1: Well, I told you about that because, or at least I mentioned in the last podcast, because even though he dropped 40-something against New Orleans, Hernan Gomez dropped like 28, and it's like, what is happening right now? And so that's going to be extremely concerning
0: because Memphis loves to get to the basket. So without any rim protection, they're really going to be an issue there. And they really don't have rim protection outside of Joel Embiid. So if Joel Embiid is not playing that role, they don't have anybody that's offering any rim protection. So that's one way I think that this game could get blown wide open for Memphis. Memphis actually is really good at defending the paint. They're top ten in the league.
1: I think in the last and five games, they're number one.
0: In defending? Really?
1: I think in the paint, yeah. I think they're number one in the last like five games.
0: I have to go look at that. But either way, they're really, they're really good. They're really good on defense now. They, they'll, give up, they'll give up threes every now and then, but they're really, really good inside the paint on defense. And I think that's going to be the, the key of this game. And, yes, Joe Embiid is probably going to still get his, but like you said, he's going to have to work for his. I expect Thibault to attempt to guard John Morant. I really think he should probably be on – I've said this, stop putting your best defender on John Morant because John Morant is going to score on them regardless. Mm -hmm. and he's probably still going to put up the same numbers as he's going to put up whether he's taking your second or your second best defender. So give your best defender over to Desmond Bain, who I think is really an X factor for this team, and what he's been doing offensively for this team has taken them to another level. So I would focus that attention on Desmond Bain. I know they're not going to do it. I feel like Desmond Bain's going to get off. He's going to have a solid game. I think that is going to get off. It's really going to be the stars are going to start in this game. And I'm expecting Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, all to to fill up the stat sheet tonight. I'm with you. I'm on Memphis. Not really 100% ready to lock it yet just because Philly just found a way to come back in a lot of games. Memphis is a different breed, though, but Philly has found a way to come back. And if they did come back in this game, I would not be surprised.
1: Yeah, I feel like the one reason why I'm not so scared about the comeback is because of the quality of opponents that they've come back against. Yeah, When you're going up against the Pelicans and you're trailing in the fourth and you're against Sacramento of all teams, you're trailing in the fourth. Memphis, as you said before, is a different breed, but it's more just conceptually for me. Memphis is one of the best teams in the league. Yep, They are 17-7 ATS on the road, so they're a really good road team as well. And Mm -hmm. I feel like this line, when it opened up at four, was just seriously disrespectful. Because Memphis, in my opinion, is the better team. I don't think it's really close. You look at the offensive numbers, Memphis is better in terms of efficiency. Defensive efficiency, Memphis is also better. The crazy disparity is actually in rebounding. Because you'd assume that Embiid with the Sixers would probably be... No, the Sixers suck. They're a terrible rebounding team. No, I know. The point is that you'd assume with Embiid, if you weren't paying attention to it, that they're a top-ten rebounding team because Embiid's really good. Memphis is number one in rebounding rate. Philly is tied for 26th. (laughs) Like, it's that bad. It's really bad. So the point is, I think Memphis can get enough second-chance points and dominate on the glass, but I just think Memphis is the better team, and I'm not exactly surprised that the line has already dipped to two and a half because I'm sure nobody wants to stand in front of the Grizzlies right now.
0: No, not at all. And, you know, I told, said it last year before they started going on insane run. I was like, I think the Grizzlies are – I can make an argument for them to be the best team in the West. I They're really, really, really good.
1: I, I, I still think so. they need one or two more pieces just for scoring purposes, but the defense mm-hmm. is there. Jackson's nuts on defense. He's probably not going to win – Defensive player of the year. I know there's been a lot of clamoring for him on Twitter. He should be a candidate. He should be a candidate. I'll bet him next year whatever price he is because when you walk into about three, four blocks every game, which is what it feels like, you at least deserve some recognition. I do think eventually when Draymond comes back and Gobert is still going to get a bunch of love for defense. But next year, whatever the price is for Jaron Jackson, I will bet it because he is that good defensively. I
0: love it. Love it. All right. The New Orleans Pelicans travel on the road to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Seven and a half is the line for the Cleveland Cavaliers, a favorite over the New Orleans Pelicans. The total is set at 210. For the Pelicans, we have Valentinus who is questionable for this game against the Cavs. Brendan Ingram, who is questionable for this game against the Cavs. Ingram with the ankle, Valentinus with the illness. Josh Hart is questionable with the left knee contusion, and that's pretty much everybody that matters. Going on to the Cleveland Cavaliers, we have Laurie Markkinen, who is still out with that sprained right ankle. That's all and I then say. Yeah, that's, all, that's it for them as well. This line actually is dropping, and it's dropping to a point where I'm fine. This opened up as 10. I don't think I was willing to take the Cavaliers with ten.
1: I'm assuming I'm somebody on Cleveland is going to sit, and it's yet to be announced, right? It feels like it. So,
0: if somebody sits and Ingram and Valanciunas play, then okay, I'll back New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But if I'm getting this team as is, I think they can cover eight, eight points, seven and a half. I think they could cover that. New Orleans is really is not that good at all. They struggle on the road. without if Valanciunas doesn't go in this game, then
1: Cleveland's going on the to glass. have
0: a they're gonna get killed on the glass. Cleveland's gonna have a huge I'm not even gonna say that even if he does play that he they're not gonna make it tough on him because that's how they've been playing basketball. They at least made it tough on you to get boards and they're gonna tire you out. This team plays really good ball. Darius Garland is playing like an all-star. Jared Allen is playing like an all-star. And at some point when they announce the reserves, I expect at least one of them to be up there. If not both, I would not be with the injuries that's going on. I would not be surprised if both of them made it, but I, I fully expect at least one of them to make it. So you have what?
1: No, I, I, was, I was just going to say, I agree where you're coming from. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yes, yes. They're, they're way too good. They're way too good. This team is well-coached, and this team just finds a way to win games. I'm taking the first half spread, still on that trend. So I'm good with that. I'm taking the first half spread. That's spread. That's definitely a play in this game. But I do think that Cleveland can keep up the pressure and make this – blow this game open a little bit and pull this in outside of that two-possession range. Eight is kind of a key number in the NBA. I don't know if NBA really, really has key numbers, but if they did have key numbers, I'm pretty sure eight is that key number. And I'm perfectly fine getting seven and a half with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I'll take it. Cleveland Cavaliers, seven and a half. I think that this is going to be, I don't, I just don't see an answer for Darius Garland. I don't think they have an answer for Darius Garland. I think he's going to go run wild. He's going to, have a double double in this game, be able to get the ball to his key his key playmakers. They probably don't really don't have an answer for Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley probably is going to be the person that has a huge game because I don't know who the heck is stopping him. And I think scoring is just going to be extremely hard for the Pelicans today, especially with Brandon Ingram if he's not in this game.
1: Yeah, if Alan Tunis is out, the main play I'll make, I'll take a player performance boost, and I'll take Allen double-double with Cleveland to win at some plus price because if Alan Mm -hmm. Tunis is out, Allen's going to walk into about 13 rebounds. But I do think that on top of the reasons why you like the first half, because Cleveland's been very good at it throughout the entire season, I especially Mm -hmm. like it in this one because I know they're playing a back-to-back. They just blew a lead to the Pistons yesterday. Yep. And I do Mm -hmm. think that it's a very nice spot for Bickerstaff to coach up his guys and tell them this is what happens when we stop trying. Like, you got to play a full 48, it's the NBA, let's get it. I'm assuming that's going to be the speech that he gives before the game. But if they fully just try for a full 48, and if they don't take their foot off the gas, they should win this game by 15. Because Cleveland is just so much better in pretty much every area. I'm not sure what New Orleans does well. Plus, you have a bunch of guys. We're talking about theories that Cleveland might be a guy shorter. So Ingram's questionable, Valanciunas is questionable. So their two best players might not play. I got to go. Josh Hart, Josh Hart as well, and Hart's a good rebounder too. But I think we would agree Ingram and Valanciunas are easily the best two players on that team. New Orleans is not good at basketball, and I've said it all season long. But their last three games, lost by ten to Philly, lost by eleven to. Denver lost by 10 to Boston. So I do think that eight might be the key number in this game, as you said before. I see Cleveland winning by 10. So I'm going to go with the Cavaliers.
0: This had that drop because they they dropped that game to the Pistons. If they didn't lose that game to the Pistons, this probably stays at 10.
1: Probably. I think something could do with potential rest on a back-to-back, but I think after losing to Detroit, I have a hard time believing Bickerson. Yeah, why would you? No,
0: I wouldn't rest you. Nah, fuck that. I think if We're you would have won, game. I
1: would have arrested you, but you lost. So you know, now you got to play again.
0: This is Violent. dangerously close to a lock. This is dangerously close to a lock. And I feel like teams have been playing better on their, on their second game of a back-to-back this season. I don't know the numbers, but I just feel like I've seen a lot of wins on the second game of back-to-back.
1: That's one thing I, I really want to compare, though. I've not done any research with regard to second night of a back-to-back performances following a win and following mm-hmm. a loss. I'm assuming the performances are a lot better following a loss. I'm going a, I'm a to look it up. Because following a win, you can rest, guys. I'm sure yeah. just mentally you're not as in it as you were the day prior. But everyone knows in the NBA, if you let a couple of games slip through your fingertips, they're going to add up in the end, especially for yeah. a young upstart team like Cleveland. So I am assuming that for a team like Cleveland, losing the game yesterday is kind of exactly what you wanted if you were going to bet them for today. Because I really yeah. don't know how they're going to look past this team after they look past Detroit for the entire second half.
0: You can't, and you can't keep falling down the standings. You cannot keep falling down the standings. Mm-hmm. You, you have to continue to put up wins together. It is an 82-game season, not a 50-game season. You're 30-20 and 20 right now. You got to keep putting wins up together and stay inside that top six and out that play-in game for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, that's how I feel. All right.
0: The Los Angeles Clippers – are traveling to the Indiana Pacers to play them. Pacers are favored by two and a half, 221 on the total for the Pacers in the injury report. Uh, what's his name? What's my man's name? How do you pronounce his name? You know the, the center that nobody talks about. You're talking Ogo, about for uh, Bidazi? Bidazi. That's it. Bidazi. I knew I knew how to say it. Bidazi, but close it. enough. Bidazi? Bidazi.
1: There's a Z in there. Okay, so
0: Batadzi. Oh, oh Batadzi. Okay, all right. You learn something new every day. I wonder what I'm gonna learn new tomorrow. Okay, Tazi's questionable with a foot injury.
1: Yeah, they got Sabonis the back though, so who cares? <laughs> I mean, they upgraded anyway. I mean,
0: yeah, for the Pacers, yeah, they, they really don't need them. We have Malcolm Brognan shut down, so he's not playing. Turner shut T.J. down. C.J. McConnell is in the. COVID 19, this team's just fucking tanking. Like they're just fucking tanking. Man, and they're at this point. is questionable as well. No designation there. Let's go the Los Angeles Clippers. Nicholas Batum is day to day. And then we already know about Kawhi and Paul George. Jason Preston, man. If he I wanted to see him play this year. I really he was did. good
2: I at like Ohio.
1: Him.
0: I loved him at Ohio, man. I wanted to – and because this Clippers team doesn't have anything, he would have yeah. got the minutes, and I think he would have been really, really good. Oh, I can't wait so that guy gets – Yeah, unfortunately, he, he had back. foot
1: surgery in October. He's pretty much out for the yeah. year. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, they said – "I'm." Um, yeah, he, I doubt he comes back. I said, said pretty he said much. He has a chance. Yeah. yeah. He said he has a chance, but I doubt he comes back. But I do I have to
1: give a quick shout-out, though. I know you're, you're talking about Preston, but I got to segue a bit to Ty Luke. I got to give a shout-out to Ty Lu. This is a hell of a coaching job because this team, as far as I'm concerned, was dead to rights about three three weeks ago. I I don't know what you were looking at for this team saying, you know, I think they're going to turn around. Because Paul George has gone AWOL. I know he was injured. Nobody knows when he's coming back. Kwai's probably not going to play this season. And now Morris is injured. And you're just going down the line. I have no idea how they're winning this many games. But it's a hell of a coaching job.
0: I can't tell you how they're winning as many games. That's what I'm I saying. So shout out to Ty I've hated them a majority of these games. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And so that what makes the, that's what makes this kind of iffy, because both of these teams should probably be tanking. Both of these teams should probably be trying to head towards the lottery. But yet, over the past few games, both of these teams are winning games.
1: The Pacers are winning
0: games? So, Pacers won a few. They had that run where nobody was playing, and they won a few games.
1: Uh let me just quickly. See. Yeah, they've lost four of their last five, but uh, the Clippers have won some games. Oh, dang, it's been that long since they beat the Warriors. They beat New and Orleans, and that's not New Orleans. They beat uh, Golden State in that ridiculous overtime game, and then they immediately lost four of their next five. <laughs> oh my gosh! But the Clippers. How do I? How do I? Back? I'm, ta- I'm taking the Clippers. It, it's just on Are principle you? for me. I know it's a back to back. They. Killed Charlotte yesterday. I'm not really sure how they won that handily. But they won by 25, so they got to rest a decent amount of their starters. In the fourth, I mean, you're looking at the actual lineups here. Morris played 23. Jackson played 27. He led all starters with 27 minutes. So they got to rest a bunch of guys, which bodes well for them here. It's more just based on principle for me. There's no way I'm laying points with Indiana. And that was my key part of this. I don't know how in my right
0: mind, how in any, anybody's right mind, you can lay points with Indiana. You can't. It, it, just doesn't sound, it just doesn't sound right. Even if Indiana wins this game, I would not be surprised if it's on some last-second bullshit. I don't know how I could possibly lay points with Indiana.
1: They also just played each other a couple of weeks ago, or recently, and the Clippers won that game by six. Now, it is a little bit different because Batum's questionable – he somehow had 32 points in that game. I'm not sure how that happened, but the Pacers had some bonus in that game. They had Levert missing a couple guys in between, but the point is the Clippers already beat them once head-to-head. Indiana is just a team that I get on paper should be good. They should have mm-hmm. been good on paper the entire season, and they're awful. Mm-hmm. So I'm not laying two and a half. If you want to make an argument for a money line play on the Clippers, I don't mind it, but they are the significantly better coach team, and I think that goes a long way. So I'll take the team that's actually been winning games. They've won three of their last four. and They've been playing decently. I'll take the Clippers plus points. I just know every time I take the Clippers, they make me regret it. They I really could easily do. get but killed, it's, but it's on principle.
0: And yes. and it's, Yeah, it is. Oh, It is. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not touching this game with a 10-foot
1: pole. Okay. There is one prop I do like, though. If you think Indiana wins... I do not mind parlaying it with something, with something Sabonis-related. Either triple-double, yes, either whatever, because Sabonis has actually been getting a fair share of triple-doubles the last couple of games. I'm not sure what the price is going to be on that. I got to look for it quickly. But I do think if you can find a nice price of Sabonis-triple-double mixed with the Pacers to win, maybe at 10-1, to 1, a little bit longer than that, I do think there is some meat on the bone there.
0: All you? right. Oh no no yeah absolutely I I wouldn't play that because Karras Levert is playing very very bad basketball right now and he's just I don't he's just out there playing on talent alone it yeah. feels like it feels like he's just out there playing on talent alone and we know he's really good so at the end of the day it might look like he had a solid game from mm-hmm. a stat sheet perspective but when you look at the game it's just not good he's got two he's got two I don't two think issues. he's locked in. I don't think he's locked in.
1: Well, I noticed it with the Nets, because as a Nets fan, I watched him play a lot. He's got two issues that he mostly has not resolved his entire career. The first part is that he seems to never make up his mind on what to do. So he's just constantly making it up as he goes along. So you will see a lot of really bad jump passes or really Mm -hmm. awful shot choices because he decided before the possession, I'm going to shoot this. And it feels Mm -hmm. like he cannot really adapt on the fly which is the serious concern. And the other issue is just a low basketball IQ, which is something I'm not sure if you can teach, but you look at LaVert late in games. He is brutal down the stretch of games, whether there comes to decision-making, whether it comes to just awareness, but that's the main two issues. He predetermines what he's going to do offensively on given possessions, and he's just a low basketball IQ player. That's my main two takeaways for him. Is that fair? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So that's all I got for LeVert. He's all right, talented. moving on.
0: Yeah, he is and I think a change of scenery will do good and just lower expectations for him. He's really he's a really really good basketball player.
1: Can guy. you lower he expectations just, for a guy playing on Indiana?
0: Yeah. Yeah, cuz he's the guy. You if you're the if you're the guy on a bad team, you're still the guy. Well, Sabonis so is the have guy, right? Somewhat, but LaVert is the guy, too, especially okay. with Brogdon. With Brogdon and Turner out, like, they're really leaning. They're, they're telling yeah. LaVert, like, we really, really need young games. I think he needs a team that say, hey, you know, whatever you give us is an addition to what we're already doing. So, like, if you give us something good straight, if you're not, you're just going to get regulated to the bench. We're not going to fuck with you. But. I
1: think he needs to be the third best player on the team. That's I'd the vibes fourth. I'm getting. I got fourth. Okay, fourth or third. Fourth for yep. maybe a title team, but I think just for a playoff yeah, team. that's, what, good and that's
0: But that's what I was thinking. I was thinking a title team. Yeah. I was thinking a title team. All right. So our Raptors travel to Atlanta to play the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are favored by 2 two twenty on the total. We haven't talked about totals much. Have you like any of these totals going on first? Oh' uh, just realized not, we haven't talked about totals.
1: Yeah, not really. I think maybe the under in the Cleveland game, if you just yeah. think that there's a good chance if Ingram does not play. New Orleans is just going to look awful offensively for the entire game. I know that that's a low total. I'd probably look mm-hmm. at a team total there. But New Orleans, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is not reaching 100 in that game if Cleveland's going to cover. I just think Cleveland defensively wears them down. As for the other games, really not. Memphis team total. Yeah, I blindly have to consider Memphis team total or at least the over in the Clippers game because when you just played the other team and that game landed at 272, I got to look at an over-221. That
0: does feel a a tad low. It does feel a tad low. All right. Back to the Raptors and the Hawks. Nothing significant on the injury report for those two teams. But, and here's where my handicap comes for the Raptors, which is going to be kind of contradictory because I'm going to completely go against this later on in the slate. However, when you look at a day, a, a day break, just one day break from a three-overtime game where all of your starters played well over 50 minutes, it is extremely hard to back you with just a day off. It is incredibly hard to back you with just a day off. I'm talking about every single starter played well over 50 minutes for that team. In a three overtime game where they, it was they battled, they battled the entire game, and you. Just, this is just absurd. First of all, they only went eight deep, yeah, and because they really don't have a choice.
1: Even but eight is a just, stretch. One guy played nine minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> so, Ciac on fifty six, Ananobi fifty six, Scotty Barnes fifty six, Flannery Fleet fifty four, Gary Trent Jr. fifty six. That is absurd. That is absolutely absurd. And I said it once, I'll say it a million times. I was calling for this run by Atlanta. I said this run was coming. I said they were going to be over 500 by the time they got the all-star. This team knows what they need to do. They're looking up at the standings very temporarily looking up at the standings at Toronto. And that. 10 game home uh, losing streak that they had. Don't look now, but they've now won one, two, three, four, five, six, six games at home. So I think they found their mojo back. I think that they're getting healthier. DeAndre Hunter coming back for this team was absolutely the shit. And single-handedly, turned up the notch a tad bit defensively, but the fact that he, he adds another level of scoring to that team, it just shows why they were so easy and so willing to part ways with Cam Reddish because they believed in DeAndre Hunter. I don't know how the defense is where I would give Toronto the nod and why I would typically be on Toronto in this game, but I don't know how much energy these guys can give after playing that 3 overtime game just to, over a day ago.
1: We're on the same page. I, I feel like this is close to lock territory for me, but I haven't officially put it in because Atlanta did play yesterday and they had to come back from behind with a very impressive fourth quarter. So we're talking about fatigue with one day off after playing 50 no. something minutes. No, they
0: didn't play yesterday. That was. No,
1: no. Was no I, was, I was saying Toronto is one day off. Atlanta oh. played against the Lakers yesterday.
0: Was that yesterday? Yeah oh, my gosh, the, the freaking time zone here thing is killing me. So, for me, that was Sunday. And so, I'm like, oh, wait, Sunday was yesterday. No, yeah, wait.
1: That, that, that's why – Oh,
0: no, because, yeah, so, so I'm looking at my sheet, and it for me, it was Sunday. But the Hawks and the Raptors play on Tuesday. Oh, t- uh, okay. Yeah, so that's what's throwing me off. And I'm like, that was yesterday? Really? It yeah. absolutely was yesterday. So, that's because why the, re- the I, rest – I went from that game – I went from that game to the Chiefs game. Yeah.
1: yeah, the rest spot's tough, though, because Toronto had one day off after playing 50-something minutes for every starter. Atlanta had no days off, and they played their starters a decent amount of minutes because they needed to. They outscored them by 18 points in the fourth quarter. But to go through the minutes for Atlanta yesterday, Trey Young played 37, and that was actually it. I, I yeah, actually got to take it back. Yeah, Atlanta did a really it good is. job of balancing the minutes. Like yeah, it's because
0: they can go 10 deep. They yeah, can they can, but
1: Trey went 37. No other starter or no other player went over 27. So yeah. I have to like Atlanta here. I take it back. I did not realize they rested everybody that well, but it's close to lock territory. It might actually be I'm locked territory now that I actually see the minute distribution from yesterday. Good job it. by the Hawks there. Nice job by McMillan. But I'm I, locking it. Yeah, I I'm conceptually have to assume Toronto is going to be as flat as a pancake in this game? Because I don't know how they're so going to my, walk.
0: So my only concern is there was a portion in that game where Trey Young was grabbing at his shoulder. Okay. And we know we that shoulder to give him problems. So while he is not listed on the injury report, and we're going to go ahead and say that he's fine because he's not listed, I know that that shoulder is bothering him. Okay. So that is the only thing that could possibly give me some concern, if that limits him at all. But the final ahead, limit. He had 36 I'm, points last night. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that guy, that, guy is, that guy is all NBA. He is all NBA. So, I've been, on this, I've been on this Hawks train for a while now. The next game is against the Suns, nationally televised game. We'll talk about that when we get there. But for now, yeah, this
1: is a lock for me. I'm still on the Hawks. This line is short. I agree. They've won seven in a row. They're against a team that's off a massive, massive overtime win, with all the that starters playing huge fifty plus letdown minutes. minutes. Massive huge letdown spot. I, Atlanta could run them out. It
0: would not surprise me. I wouldn't be surprised either. I would not. That, especially in that second half, when you start, mm-hmm. you really starting to get tired, and those guys are going to be playing and playing and playing. Absolutely, I could see them running up and down the court on them. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the game that I'm not excited for at all. These Sacramento Kings traveling to Madison Square Garden to play the New York Knicks. Knicks are favored by 6.5. We got 213 on the total.
1: Forget about the spread. You better win this game, man. You have to. You you have to win.
0: I'm not going to go rant on the Knicks. I don't think they're worth your effort. They're really not. They're really not. And I think it's because I had one good year, and I kind of – because I've always just given them low expectations, and even that good year, I gave them low expectations. Somewhat, I actually took them to win that playoff series, so I guess I didn't go low enough. However, let me get into the injury report real quick. Darren Fox is questionable. Darren Fox is going to go off just because he's questionable. He's going to he's going to play and he's going to end up going off.
1: I'll tell you what and I'll do. Mar- I'm not going to play, but you can continue.
0: And Marvin Bagley is out. And for the New York Knicks, we have Norman Newell, who is day-to-day. Derrick Rose p- planning to come back after the All-Star break. I am interested to see how this rotation thins even more when Derrick Rose is in the lineup. I am trying not to be pessimistic. So please correct me where you feel like I'm wrong. I have no idea how I can plan to lay this many points with the Knicks. I I honestly do not trust them at this point. I have seen them beat bad teams. I have seen them cover this number against bad teams. And yet, I am still terrified, absolutely terrified to take this number. I can very much see the Knicks being down in this game and having to come back to win. On some late buzzer beater type shit, I pray they don't lose the game, but I, I, I don't see how I can. This rotation has got to be one of the single most frustrating things in the entire NBA for me. Possibly because, you know, I'm a fan. Starters rotation, in particular. Yes. We are giving minutes to bums. I will say it, I don't care. I don't ever try to give, get on players like that. We are giving minutes to bums. And I'm saying bums because they're playing like bums. If you play well, you get minutes. And I feel like the best players that, on this team are not getting the minutes. And so it's very, very frustrating. And it's what Tibbs does. And so I don't know why I'm surprised. Tibbs is going to Tibbs. Tibbs has always done this. I couldn't tell you the name of the guy that was starting over Jim Butler for so many years.
2: Couldn't tell you his name. Don't even remember his name. So
0: I think the Kings have the edge in this aspect that they're, they can score the basketball. They find ways to score the basketball outside of that game where they had 75 points against the, King, against the Celtics. They, are, they put up pretty solid into 125 numbers almost every game. If they they get into 116 and above, I don't even know the Knicks keep up with that. And so De'Aaron Fox coming in here, and it's it's the handicap for every single home game that I tell you. Everybody plays up in Madison Square Garden. It is so hard for the Knicks to have a winning ATS record in Madison Square Garden, especially when they're good and they're actually laying points because everybody plays up in Madison Square Garden. Everybody wants to show out. Everybody feels the atmosphere. So when I look at the pieces and I look at Aaron Fox, Buddy Hill, guys that are out here playing for their next job, essentially, because it sounds like that their names are floating around in trade rumors. I'm terrified. Terrified to to take this team.
1: I think we're on the same page. I I can't lay six and a half on – I said – for the same breakdown for the Clippers Pacers game on principle, I can't lay points with the Pacers on principle. I cannot lay six and a half with the Knicks. I, I just can't do it. Now the Kings are terrible. They are really, really trash. bad. They've they lost trash. six in a row. I don't even know
0: why we're having this conversation. Why are they we lost six this in a row?
1: But I do agree with you that until you get confirmation that Fox is out there is a chance you beat a serious line move if Fox comes back because if he is announced active, this line probably drops to what, four? Somewhere, somewhere around that. So you could beat a line move there, but I have to look at the Kings for all the reasons you said just because they can actually score, and that's a problem with the Knicks. But I do think that if you're looking for a prop, which is not up right now, I was kind of hoping it would be, if Fox is out, you better believe I'm taking pretty much anything Halliburton-related because... That 38 is unreal. It's unreal.
0: That, for, especially for him, especially for him, that 38 was unreal. And that, just, and that just goes again against Philly, and what the fuck, how did they let Ty, Ty Halliburton score 38? But, oh, my God, that was a great game.
1: It was. Whether it involves 38 points, whether it involves his classic 12 assists, I will take something. With Halliburton and the Kings to win the game, if Fox is out, just based on principle and the fact that if the Kings are going to win without Fox, Halliburton has to go off. It is what it is. I'm, I'm taking Harrison Barnes
0: and Buddy Heald's threes. The Knicks are terrible going yeah. to the three point line. This really does feel like a Buddy Hield top-
1: like five plus yes. three game.
0: Yes, and he just goes crazy and hits yeah. like not even just five, he probably hits like seven and just goes crazy. And so the Knicks give up so many threes, and Sacramento's not afraid to shoot the three at all. And here we are under the bright lights, and that's the one aspect of the game. Now, what I will say is I'm going to be interested in Mitchell Robinson a little bit because Sacramento just said, fuck the paint. That doesn't exist. They said, hey, you can score two, but we're not going to let you score three. But you can score two. We'll give up a whole bunch of twos, but you're not going to get three on us. So. I'm very interested in points in the paint for the Knicks. I will hop in on Mitchell Robinson, especially with Bagley out. I think this could be a pretty nice spot with him against Rashawn Holmes, yeah. who is very, very terrible on the defensive end this year.
1: I'm, I'm still taking Sacramento. I, I agree. I can't do it. I like the over, though. I know the Knicks have a hard time scoring, but two thirteen with a Kings game is too no, low. Well. Yeah, the Kings defense is terrible. I absolutely love the over. King, Yeah, the Kings' defense is terrible. I wonder
0: where the money is on that game. People are still betting the under. They're betting this line down. I would not know because I, I think the Kings get going from three, and that's probably where majority – 75% of the offense is probably going to come from behind the three-point line. And then the Knicks are going dis- to dominate in the paint. And so you add one and two together, that gives, that tells me over. I, actually I see really
1: totals like going that. from 214.5 to 212.5. I'm assuming some of it is Fox-related, just assuming he's not going to play again. But I'm not taking under with the Sacramento team.
0: No, not at all. All right. I can't wait for this one. The Miami Heat travel to Boston to play the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are favored by four and a half points right now. Oh, what's the total? I, I can't. I got stuck on that. 208 is the total. So, I know I just talked about what fatigue three overtime did. Yeah, the fatigue and three overtime did game and what that did to the um, who
1: are they? The Toronto Raptors. Well, you forgot one variable one team's playing against the Hawks, other teams playing against the Celtics. Absolutely.
0: I don't know why the Heat are dogs in this game. That has to be the like, – like, that has to be the reason. Even with the injuries they have, this team is so deep and so good. I'm really not – I'm really, really not concerned with that at all. We've seen this team miss their three best players and still go out there and win games. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen them be out their three best players and go out there and win games. And so, yes, they did have five players that played over 40 minutes. P.J. Tucker had 41, Bam, Gabe Vincent, and Tyler Hero all had 45, and Jimmy Butler had 52 minutes. My fear is that Jim, they just somehow late scratched Jimmy Butler out this game. That is my fear.
1: Yeah, he's questionable, so that would make sense. Yes,
0: that, that is the fear for me. However, even if Jimmy Butler is out, I've seen this, this Heat team go in there and keep games competitive, being down down their top players. And so now you're giving the Boston Six four four and a half in Boston where they have struggled as a home favorite. And the Heat are one of the best teams as an underdog this season. And I've said it multiple times on this podcast. I love getting the Heat as an underdog. Absolutely love getting the Heat as an underdog. So I think this is the spot. I think everybody is – selling both of those two teams, the Raptors and the Heat. I think both te- they're selling both of those two teams in this next game. And I'm pretty sure they split. Now, I could be wrong, and it could go the other way. You know, Toronto could win, and the Heat could lose. But it just makes so much sense to me that the Heat win this game. It really does. This is a lock for me. This four and a half is a lock for me. I'm locking it up. Because they have... The Boston Celtics... While they have been playing the top defense over the past five games, they also had a game against the, the Kings where they allowed 75 points. Mm. So that's going to that's, that's gonna sway anything, any stats, that, that is going to sway their, their way. They're not holding this Miami team to 75 points. I think Bam Adebayo is going to dominate inside. He may be, you know, they may, be, they may spread these minutes out a little bit better especially seeing that they're not gonna have to, probably not going to have to play three overtimes. Duncan Robinson in that game, and this is going to be the X factor. Duncan Robinson in that three-overtime game played 20 minutes. He was 0 for 5, 0 for 5 from 3, zero points. If you had a max under, Duncan Robinson to hit, by the way. I think he's going to bounce back. He's going to be big for them. Tyler Hero has shown an unlimited motor, and while he didn't even have a good game in that game for a for, fro, he's shown an unlimited motor that I think this is this is a thirty point outing for him easily, especially if he gets inserted to the starting lineup because Jimmy Butler's out, and so I'm not afraid of this line at all. I'm really not. I'm actually I actually saw this line grow, and I'm still concerned on. Everybody betting Boston and why there's so much faith in Boston that Boston can cover this number. I don't think they cover the number at all. If anything, this is a close game and they just squeak it out at the end. And maybe some and I definitely love the four and a half because it feels like protection from the free throws. But I'm all over. I'm all over Miami. Boston is not good. They are not good. They should not be laying four and a half over one of the best teams in the East. I feel like you also
1: Yeah, I feel like you forgot one variable that's worth mentioning. Spolster is so much better as a coach than Boston's Boston's running out there. And I know Spolster hasn't won a title since LeBron left. I think Spolster is the best coach in the league. Mm -hmm. I am not sure if that's a hot take or not, but if you just pay attention to what he does in-game, I think Spolster is just on another level. Whether it involves play design at a timeout, whether it involves just defensive rotations, even just defensive sets with some zone mixed in with some really just occasional box and ones, occasional man-to-man. They just send so many defensive looks at you that I just love the variety that they throw and the fact that they've been able to win so many games with so many guys missing a decent amount of time. I just have to give Spolstra all the kudos in the world, but I do think it's a perfect live betting situation. Where, if Boston is winning going into the fourth quarter, you better believe yep. I'm taking Miami in the fourth quarter. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. That would be, that would honestly be, because
0: that would give me a sweat. Yeah. And it would be the best situation to maximize funds.
1: Absolutely. Boston, ugh, they're one of the worst good. fourth quarter teams I've seen with two potential superstars in a long time. They are awful. They're not good. They're not good.
0: I really didn't think that they'd be. I thought this would be a pick, if anything. If anything, I thought I was getting a pick. I did not think that when I looked at this, I was going to see Boston as a favorite.
1: Yeah, with fatigue, I would have probably assumed, and Baller being questionable, I would have assumed Boston minus one, maybe? Yeah. Minus one and a half? I agree with you, though. Four and a half sounds way too high.
0: Ooh-wee. All right. Let's talk about prop swap. The NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Prop Swap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The only thing more exciting than watching the NFL playoffs is prop swapping the NFL playoffs. Last weekend, Prop Swap's biggest week ever, as bettors from across the country cashed in on their Super Bowl futures. Like Zach from Colorado, who sold a hundred dollar one fifty to one Bengals t- Super Bowl ticket for one thousand five hundred dollars. That is looking great. Zach locked in his profit when he turned his $100 bet into $1,500 and the buyer got better odds than any sports book. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match using promo code sgp on your first deposit and propswap will match your deposit up to $500 join the real sports bettors on propswap where America buys and sells sports bets fantasy season may be over but the action is coming on the action is still coming on the better fantasy Download their free-to-play app where player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and win big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because they can, we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way too. It's totally free-to-play, and you'll earn better credits by completing challenges and using them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states, Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. That gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts, so don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right. The Golden State Warriors are traveling to Houston to play Houston Rockets. This line is now – it's been hovering around 10.5. 11 is back
2: at 10.5 now. Two twenty nine on the total.
0: What what are we doing? What are we doing here? It, it feels like the easy answer is just say, "Hey, just take Golden State." But the Houston Rockets made this a game last time.
1: The concern I have with Golden State is really just based on what happened this past weekend. Uh, it's mostly just a personal bias, but I had the Warriors you know, minus the six against the Nets. It closed at nine and a half or even 10 because Harden was ruled out. So I felt like I was on top of the world. They're up 19 points in the second half and they blew a 19-point lead to Kyrie Irving and a bunch of scrubs. Mm -hmm. That's how the game went. Uh, There really wasn't much more to add. I also had some props on Curry, which was an absolute disaster. It was one of the worst games I've ever seen Curry play, but I feel like that's the one thing that we got to talk about Curry's been a mess for like the last month. He's been awful, and he's had the occasional outburst. He had 39 against Indiana. He had the game-winning shot against Houston. He played well against Minnesota. He's been brutal in pretty much every other game for the last month. So I guess my question is, if Curry's going to struggle or he's going to continue playing the way that he has for the last month, do you trust Golden State covering 10.5 if Curry ends up going on another tour date and goes 5 for 17? Yes, because I trust Andrew Williams. Okay. I think that's it. I think I think it's worth discussing. I'm though. putting...
0: Yes, it, 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 it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Absolutely is. And it is a testament to... I guess you would say a testament to Steph that, wow, he's playing so bad and the Warriors don't look that good. Mm-hmm. But I'm putting everything in Andrew Wiggins in this game. I think, this is, I think Andrew Wiggins is on a tear since he made that all-star. And everybody is like, what? Why the fuck is Andrew Wiggins an all-star? Literally, that's just what it feels like social media and a lot of... They're like, Andrew Wiggins is an all-star? And granted, yes, I do think that in a positionless all-star game, I would 100% like to see Devin Booker starting over Andrew Wiggins. But I'm not saying that Andrew Wiggins doesn't deserve to be starting. Like, Andrew Wiggins is having the most efficient year of his career. And so I think Andrew Wiggins is going to come out here against the Houston Rocket team that just said, fuck defense. I don't care. And he's going to come out and have a really good game, a super, super-duper efficient game. There's a fly in here. There's always a fly in here, every single time. Every single time, it's always a fly that's fucking with me. Andrew Wiggins is playing really good basketball. Clay actually kind of feels like he's getting his step back, yeah, a little bit. I'm still think he has a ways to go, but he's he's working his way there. And ultimately, I still like the pieces around this Warrior squad to keep it close. I do think that. If you talk to me about a first-half play for Houston, I would be interested because the Warriors start games so slow on the road. The third quarter is a bloodbath in every Warriors game. And that's where I am afraid that this is the game where the game gets blown open the yeah. third quarter, and I don't think that that fourth quarter is going to be enough for Houston to come back in it. So I would entertain a Houston first-half play, but I'm still going to take the Warriors in the ten and the 10-and-a-half. I'm not going to lock this one, though. But I'm going to take the
1: Warriors. My favorite play in this game is a team total. I know I just roasted Curry because, honestly, I have to mention it because he's been so bad for the last month. My favorite play is the Warriors' team total over because the total in this one's around 229. They're favored by about 10. So you're looking at close to about 119, give or take, a little bit uh, around there. I don't really care because you're looking at Houston the last couple of games – They gave up 134 to San Antonio. They gave up 125 to Portland, both at home, by the way. And you look at Golden State, even though they scored 110 against the Nets, they really did not shoot the ball well. So the pace was there. They scored 124 against Minnesota. They scored 130 against an elite Dallas defense. But Golden State with Clay seems to have just ramped up the tempo. And we know Houston plays fast. They don't play well. But they play fast. So I expect to see a lot of pace. I expect to see a lot of quick shots. And based on how Golden State offensively has played recently, as long as Curry isn't god awful in this game, they should score 125. So my favorite play is going to be the Warriors team total over. The full game over, I'm tempted by, but Golden State's defense is still very good, even without Draymond. Of course, it's not as good as when Draymond's there, but. I do have questions if Houston's going to find ways to score, especially in the second half. But I really expect Golden State to score 125 here. I gotta like the team total over for Golden State.
2: Are we still? Hmm. So does Houston keep up? Like I don't. I mean, I
0: guess I,
1: I for me, I'm going to go like, no. Okay. I, I kind of just mentioned it because I had to with Curry. Yeah, I think he'll play better. But Uh Houston's getting run out against Portland, who stinks. San Antonio, who also is not very good. And the main thing I have to mention, Houston has lost a bunch of home games in a row. And a lot of them have not been close. I mentioned the Portland 15-point loss. San Antonio by 30. Lost to Philly by 20. Lost to Minnesota by 18. Lost to Dallas by 24 lost to Denver by 13, lost to the Heat by 10, lost to the Lakers by nine, uh, lost to the Knicks by 13. I have to open up the ESPN schedule to find out the (laughs) last time Houston's won a home game. It has been an eternity. They have not won a home game since November 24th. You know how impossible that is? Actually, wait, wait, sorry, sorry. That was actually going backwards. Sorry. Um... I might actually still be right, even though it was going backwards. Uh, yeah, I'm still going. They have not won a home game since December 8th. It's yeah. almost impossible. They've gone, over about, they've gone over a month, basically two months, without a home win. You know how insane that is? Uh huh. I got to go with the Golden State team total and the spread here because you can't lose every home game by 30 or what feels like it, for a month and expect me to pick you against Golden State. So I'll take Golden State. My favorite play is the team total over. And for a full game total, I'd have to lean over because I really think Golden State could score 125-130 here.
0: Hey, that's that's it. <laughs> that is it. I have nothing else to say to that. You... you... <laughs> I didn't even realize that they were that fucking bad.
1: (laughs) See, I was wrong because when you click the ESPN open calendar, the de facto uh, opening page goes most recent game first, but schedule goes the first game first. So I accidentally flipped the order. But, yeah, the last home game they had that they won was against the Nets on December 8th. So good luck to them. Maybe they'll win a home game by the end of the year. Yeah,
0: at some point. All right, moving on, we have the Portland Trailblazers going on the road to the OKC Thunder. Portland is on a back-to-back. They are laying four points, 216.5 on the total end. I, I am at a loss for words at why I'm even handicapping this game. I don't even – both of these teams suck. Both of these teams suck. And SGA is not playing in this game. I want to bat the Thunder so bad, but I don't know how. It's
1: I can't to so, so me. I have no idea. I can't. I, I wanna make a case too, because the Thunder are a team with Gildas Alexander that I actually like. I think that they are a team that even though they're not good, they have some they have something. I'm not sure what, but they got something that I do think they can build on in the future. But Gildas Alexander does everything for that team. And you can just look at the projected starting lineup without him, and you might wonder why this line isn't, like, seven. Because you got Giddy, you got Trey Mann, you got Aaron Wiggins, you got Lou Dort, and you got Derek Favors. That's your projected starting five. That's one of the worst starting fives in the entire league. And you're looking at Portland. The team's not good, but Simons has talent, McCullum has talent, Powell has talent. Covington's pretty good, and Nurkic has been good lately. So, Portland's better at pretty much every position. And I'm trying to think of some props I might like in this game. I really like Giddy rebounds. I feel like it's a good spot for Giddy to potentially put up a triple-double at some point in the immediate future because we already know that with him having the ball in his hands more since Mm Gilles Alexander's out, Giddy could put up some big numbers. So... I'm looking at him maybe for a prop to at least somewhat back OKC. I expect Dork to shoot a lot because that's what he tends to do when Gildas Alexander is not in the lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, based on the actual lineup without Gildas Alexander in it, four feels like a gift. I got to take Portland. I know that this team's awful, but they are just so much more talented. I got to go with the Trailblazers. Have we been on the same side every game? It feels like it. <sighs> That's not necessarily a bad thing, it. But it it's feels not, like it. But it's not. But I. <sighs> I think we were. I think we actually have been on the same side of every game. Yeah, we have. Yeah. I'm. I might. I might. I might throw it off here. You can if you it's want. So I, just, me, I can't it's look so at the hard roster. for me to bat
0: Portland. It's so. I. I know, but. It, And how shitty the roster is, is still disgusting that I'm sitting here saying I'm laying four points reporting. I know. I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all.
1: This really looks like the thunder from last year where I know last year they purposefully shut it down. But if you remember, they told Horford, listen, you're too good for the roster right now. You have to not play while you're healthy for the final two months. I made a fortune betting against Oklahoma City in the final month and a half of the season last year. They lost and did not cover, I want to say, like 19 in a row. It was something absurd. They just did not cover a point spread for a month, and I was fading them the entire way through. This has that feel where they've lost seven in a row. The team showed signs of life early in the year. They're in last place. They're really getting their ass kicked day in, day out. They're 14-34. and This really seems like a spot where OKC might win like five games the rest of the year, which sounds crazy. Of course, if Gildas Alexander comes back, they'll win more games. Assuming that Shea is out for the rest of the year and they give yeah. him the full shutdown treatment, yeah. does Oklahoma City get the 20 wins? Because I'm really not sure. This team stinks.
2: No, <laughs>
0: no, they don't. I, I just don't know who's scoring. I can't. And that's ultimately, I'm, I'm not going to say, okay, see, I'm going to lay it four with Portland, but I don't know who's scoring. Who is scoring? Lou Dort could go out here and cause he plays better at home. He could go out here and have a great game and put up 30 something points, but we've seen SGA put up 30 points and they lose. Mm-hmm. I can't. And get blown out at that. So I can't, I can't trust them at all. I can't trust them at all. No.
1: I know give, Portland give stinks. Portland. It's close to lock territory for me, but I can't take a lock with Portland. This line should be a lot higher. Yeah, it should. It, sh- it probably should. But I understand it's Portland.
0: It's probably why it's not. So maybe we're getting a little bit of value. All right. Let's get into the lock and dog for this slate. Scott.
1: What is your lock and dog? So, for the dog I'm going to start off with, it was the first game we talked about where I said I was taking it as a dog. It's going to be Memphis. This team's too good to be underdogs to basically anybody, especially Philly. Philly is a good team. I don't think they're a great team, and they've been struggling to put away bad teams, mostly because of terrible starts in the first half. But Memphis, in my opinion, is a great team. Are they going to win the title this year? No. Are they going to make the Western Conference Finals? Maybe. I'd say probably not. But I do think that this team right now is just better top to bottom than Philly. Because Embiid is amazing. But besides Embiid, I am not a fan of the supporting cast. I think they have a couple of pieces. I think Maxi's pretty good, for example. Wino Tybels a good defensive player. Has no offensive talent, but he's a good defensive player. But I'm not a Uh Tobias Harris guy. I don't like pretty much anybody else on the roster. Seth Curry's banged up. I don't mind him, but he's injured again. Memphis, I just like about eight guys on their team. I just think they have a lot of nice cohesion. They're playing well. The chemistry's there. They can beat you in a variety of ways. I got to go with Memphis plus the – I forgot if it was two and a half now or whatever. I like the money line. So
0: guess what? While we've been recording this podcast, Joel Embiid is out for rest. So now Memphis is a three-and-a-half-point favorite.
1: Well, guess what? Now they're my lock. So congratulations, Memphis. You've been upgraded <laughs> to lock status. Um, Philly trying to shield Embiid from Steven Adams. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I bet that on the overnight. So that, that's great news for me. But Yeah, you had plus four. Yeah, lock city all day, every day. Give me Memphis. They're going to win that game by 30. They played the first meeting this season, which is why I threw it out. Memphis won that game by 30-plus. And the reason why I threw it out was because Embiid did not play in that, mm-hmm. sec, in that first game. With Embiid being out now, you better believe I'm taking Memphis to win this game by, like, 20 because they're going to bury yeah. this team. Yep. So they're my lock. All right, got to pivot to a dog. Uh, if I had to pivot to a dog, oh, God. It would be a player prop of some kind, like a player performance boost, but it's got to be Miami. I mean, I don't know how I'm not supposed to take Miami, and I know it's even funnier because we actually agreed on every single game, which Uh I'm sure might not lead to great, let's just say, war of words in this podcast, but that's fine because we have been on the same page a decent amount before. The Celtics cannot be lying this many points to pretty much anybody with a pulse, and Miami's got about four pulses. So I'm going to take Miami. Yes. I mean, we'll
0: go ahead and jump to my dog. I'm with you. I can't – I hate when we double dog because it's been so many times that the double dog has not worked. But, however, there's no way that I'm not on Miami in this spot. Everybody that knows there's no way I'm not on Miami in this spot. I'm getting them as a dog. I'm getting them against the Celtics, and I'm getting a Celtics team that's favored at home. That is a recipe for disaster for Boston. Yeah. I'm all over Miami in this spot here. I'll take the better coach. I will take the better team. for my lock.
1: Memphis looks really, really good at three and a half, doesn't it? It does. I'm not going to do it, though. Yeah. I'm going to stick
0: with them, who I had before. I'll take the Hawks minus two. Okay, Hawks are playing good basketball now. Hawks are playing good basketball now. And so, I think that. Because of the 50-plus minutes, because they really don't have a rotation at all, and they're just kind of playing their starters absurd absurd amount of minutes, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody late scratches out of this game for the Raptors, and that would make me feel even better about the Hawks. Mm -hmm. But this is the point where this Atlanta team has come so far in such a quick span, and they've gotten themselves right back into the playing game. Like, when people were saying Atlanta vastly... We talked about how Atlanta was so bad compared to our expectations of them before. Well, now they're starting to look like that team that we had expectations of. And while they'll never catch the record that we thought that we, they'll have, I think that they'll 100% be a major key piece in the playing game. So... This is an opportunity for them to stick it to an Eastern Conference foe, to bring the Raptors down, and to bring themselves up. I'm going to take the back the Hawks to make a statement at home. Minus two, they should win this game comfortably, probably by about eight or nine.
1: Yeah, I expect Toronto to have about seven oxygen tanks like by the actual <laughs> bench because I'm not sure they can breathe after that triple overtime game. I agree. They were going to be my lock, or at least they were going to be in consideration before the Embiid news just dropped. Uh-huh. Now I just auto have to play Memphis. I, I got them, of course, at four. They are going to be my dog anyway. Yeah. But they already won by 30 when Philly was missing Embiid. They should win by at least 20 here. So, yeah, that's, my, that's going to be my lock and dog. Yeah, I'm sick I didn't get a, I didn't get a play-in on Memphis when they were a dog. I would have loved it. I mean, you can get him now. I know, of course, you lost some value on it, but you can yeah, make a serious argument say- that even though you lost about 7.5 points of value based on where it is now, MB might be worth, like, 15 points on this team. They are so <laughs> yeah, bad but, without him. They are so bad. I think he's, li- like, 10. I think he's definitely worth it. I know. I was, I was exaggerating because, of course, you'll hear the argument from actual oddsmakers – no player's worth more than like four or five points. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> Look at the Philly <laughs> nah. team without Embiid and tell me that he's not worth like 10 points. Nah, fuck that. All right, let's go. Okay, Scott, let people know where they can find you. So you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. Besides that, I do my daily YouTube pick show and my daily live stream uh, every three o'clock Eastern time on the Winners and Winners YouTube page. So check me out there. Once again, it's a live stream. We read every comment. If you want to drop by and let us know about a game you want us to talk about, then we'll talk about it. So keep that in mind. Besides that, really just been enjoying everything sports related for, especially the last couple of weeks. The NFL playoffs have been crazy, but still writing articles, NSGPN, still keeping busy, still doing a bunch of editing. I actually just started editing the Die Hard Eagles podcast as well. So I got that going for me. And other than that, happy to be on the show with you again.
0: Yes, it's always a great time whenever we're together. You guys know where to find me at really real underscore underscore. Let's see here. I think I have a play I want to give out before we go, real quick. Just need to check something real. Uh oh.
1: I might some- load up even more yeah. in Memphis minus or Mi- no, Memphis. so 91. so by the way. That and that's
0: that's the game I was talking about. That's the game I was talking about. So Let's let's hop in on Desmond Brooks because Thibault is going to be on – You mean Bane, right? Bane, yeah, Desmond okay. Bane. I said Desmond Brooks. Desmond Bane because Thibault going to be on job. They're going to put Thibault on job. And so Desmond Bane, I like his threes. I like his points. I think Desmond Bane has a really, really good date day. But all right, everybody. That's it in the pod. We didn't take two hours as promised. Somewhere around that 130 range, somewhere somewhere like that. Again, I really got to figure this out. I have no idea how to end this podcast. And maybe this is just how I do it by saying I have no idea how I'm going to end this podcast and just ending it like I'm about to do right now because we are out.
2: Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna, go get, Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball